Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek for Friday, April 17th. I'm Caroline Gonzalez, excuse me if I can remember my own name, joined today on the show by Mick Mixon, Panthers play-by-play announcer for going on 15 years, is it Mick? I think so, Caroline, and once you get to be my age, I'm 61 and a half, <laughs> uh, remembering your own name becomes a uh, daily occurrence. We're trying to bring it into focus, so um, I appreciate you having me on your show. It's uh, great to communicate with uh, with some some saints our, our friendly hated greatly detested rivals <laughs> that we respect a lot how are things going down in uh, new orleans is everybody stay, staying as safe as possible yes yes everyone's you know staying as safe as they can obviously you know the the reports of the infection rate in new orleans is you know continues to go up but uh, everyone is doing their part to flatten their the curve and continuing to stay home. So how are things over there in Carolina? Not too bad. We've been very lucky in that way. It's still, it's concerning and, and I'm no social scientist, but just like everybody hoping that uh, we can take our little masks off and interact at least in some way, like we used to. And as far as the NFL goes, I know you're the same way, Carolina, in your life, you probably get, junctioned everywhere you go people saying hey hey Carolina are are we going to have what about the NFL season are we going to have games will there be fans in the stands and uh, what are you telling people when they ask you that question I really don't know I'm I'm the same as you I'm sure is is everything is up in the air because this is so unprecedented yeah we've not been here before Uh, we really haven't at all Uh, sports seem kind of insignificant when set against the backdrop of life its own self, but uh, without trying to be overly dramatic, sports in general and football in particular is one of the ways that we come together. So mm-hmm. let's get together soon. Yeah, I'm completely on board with that, Mick. And uh, you know, through your years as a as a sports announcer, and especially with the Panthers over the last 15 years. Um, have you ever seen a player or running back like Christian McCaffrey? We saw the deal that he got earlier this week and he got the, 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 the money deservingly. So, but have you ever seen a player like him and with the abilities that he has? We've had some great backs in the, the division Carolina and also in uh, the Carolinas uh, going back to since my time with the Panthers, Stephen Davis, Deshaun Foster, D'Angelo Williams, Jonathan Stewart, who had these thunderclap backs that could jack it up in there and get that tough yard, jump over the pile. We've had backs that could dance, shake, and move. But none that I can think of with the combination of what Christian McCaffrey brings. And you would love this guy. He is sneaky, funny. He's a student of pop culture. Hard to get much out of him, but I think what we're seeing now that some of the veteran, more iconic Carolina Panthers have moved on is McCaffrey stepping into that leadership breach. I was just on Panthers.com before you called, and there's a video of McCaffrey just kind of addressing uh, fans. And this is a little bit outside of his normal MO, but I'm so proud of him and just delighted that he has the savvy and the awareness necessary to realize that he's not trying to be egocentric about it, but in many ways, this is his moment in time. You know, hearing you talk about Christian, it reminds me of a guy that we had in our locker room last season and a guy that you guys now have in your locker room and Teddy Bridgewater. 
Uh, he's not going to go, you know, above and, and beyond to be overly, um, you know, charismatic and, and, you know, hyping up his teammates every, every play and things like that. But he is the guy that is, is going to speak well for your franchise and going to be a great guy in the locker room and, and possibly step into a bigger role. Uh, what do you think about getting a guy like Teddy Bridgewater? Oh, gosh, uh, I got chills just hearing you, uh, kind of hearing you run through bits of his resume. This is what I've always heard about Teddy Bridgewater, that he's pure class, that he's mm. uh, a locker room positive influence, that he does what leaders do, which is to deflect the praise, to accept the criticism, and mm. that his teammates want to do well, not just with him, but for him, want to let him down. And he can make the – like Sean Payton said, there was a little video – that my colleague Stephen Drummond showed me soon after the Panthers acquired Bridgewater. And it was Sean Payton at the very end of a mid-season press conference asked about Bridgewater. And as only Sean Payton could do, his word economy was, was state-of-the-art. He just said, intelligent, accurate, a leader, humble, can make the first guy miss, I'll stop there. Yeah, not only, not only a leader, yeah, and, and nothing but high praises, I think, from anyone in the Saints organization about Teddy, because not only has he proven to be a leader in the locker room, he's been a leader uh, in the community as well, doing countless acts of service in the New Orleans community. So we will surely miss him, but we're glad uh, that he's going to a place like Carolina. And Mick, I, you know, we have to talk about free agency, as we have been with Teddy Bridgewater and things like that, but free agency for the Panthers has been tough on the defensive end because you guys have got lost a lot of guys on defense. What, what do you think about that? It's interesting, Carolina. It looks like the, what the Panthers are doing is trying to address some of the needs on the offensive side of the ball through free agency. And then the Trey Turner for Russell Okun trade with Seattle to get a, a, a guy with some left tackle chops in here to help block, I, I think was fantastic. Robbie Anderson getting him to bolster the receiving core. A lot of the more splashy, not all, but a lot of the more splashy free agent moves were to address needs on offense. So now we come mm -hmm. to the draft, and I'm no draft, Nick. I'm far from it. But a lot of the mock drafts that I've put my eyes on have the Panthers going Isaiah Simmons, uh, maybe a Derek Brown, uh, m making a defensive uh, making the defense a priority through the draft. But I would love for you to explain this to me because this makes no sense at all. This is about makes about as much sense as pet rock and a mood ring and a polyester leisure suit all added together. How many times have you and I heard NFL GMs and coaches sell us on the idea that, no, 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 we don't, we go best player available. We, we stick to our <laughs> board. We're going to be loyal to the board. We go best player available. Yet isn't the stated goal of every team to not be a collection of the best players available, but to be a team of balance? Yeah. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. In my three years covering the Saints, I would, I would have to agree with – I've heard that statement a lot, and uh, I've certainly seen it. I know, and, and, and I feel like almost like I'm being, I'm being sold a wristwatch or maybe some beachfront property, a timeshare that – because no, no, you don't. You don't take the best player available. You – if the Saints, I mean, for years when the Saints were loaded at quarterback and set there, they didn't, you, you, if the best player on the board was a quarterback or a place where you already had a lot of depth, of course, don't you 
don't you then move to, to your team needs. But anyway, I digress. So, yeah, <laughs> this is the Carolina Panthers in 2020. It's that this what looked like a rebuilding project, take it down to the studs, go ahead mm-hmm. and turn in your 2-14 and 14 season and then draft a quarterback high, try to build it back from 2021 on. Now all of a sudden it looks like we could be – we could be a team with Teddy Bridgewater leading the way on offense and some of these other signings. We could be a team that you you do, you really don't want to schedule us for homecoming like maybe you thought a couple months ago. Right. Completely agree with that, Mick. And, you know, the Panthers have the number seven pick. And uh, I was looking at an article from, from Matt Rule where he said, you know, we've got a lot of guys in free agency on offense, but that doesn't mean in his mind that we won't dra- uh, draft a guy on offense. And, but, you know, looking at these losses on the defensive line, Mick, it's, it's tough because you're thinking of going against guys like Drew, Bra- Drew Brees, Tom Brady, and Matt Ryan just alone in the NFC South. That's not fair. It's, um, of course, if you're looking for fairness, do not look at professional sports. <laughs> but the, the fact that, that, that the Panthers have to play, have had to play for years now, Matt Ryan twice a year, Drew Brees twice a year, Jameis Winston, who can run hot and cold twice a year, is just psychotic. And then the Panthers had Cam Newton when he was at the height of his powers. Some other defenses didn't like seeing him roll into town. So I just love how the NFC South is a a pretty robust division in that way. Mm -hmm. Mick, you guys also got a great guy in uh, Joe Brady from LSU, formerly with the Saints. What do you think the impact that he's going to have alongside Teddy Bridgewater in the NFC South? (laughs) Uh, Joe Brady. Yeah, it made me feel old interviewing Coach Brady because I'm looking at him and I'm thinking (laughs) in my most private moment, we have Opie Taylor. (laughs) as our new offensive coordinator. Um, when when he was born, I was 30 years old. I had already moved three times, five different jobs, um, <laughs> bought and sold a house, and we, just when he was eight pounds, two ounces. But um, that's just the passage of time. But he, he's talented, looks you right in the eye. He's, he's, he's got the neurons firing. He's got the creative input that you want. And I think what he'll do is to come in and say, Instead of saying, okay, guys, here's your 900-page playbook, dig me, look at what a great coordinator I am, look at all these great ball plays I know about, is that he'll, he'll talk to Teddy Bridgewater. He'll, he'll talk to, uh, to, to the entire offense and say, all right, what do you guys like? What do you think? What, what do you think would work best? And then this is, what, this is what I'd love for the Panthers to be, is a, a, a team a little bit like New England that could morph into whatever they need to be in order mm-hmm. to take away what the opponent does best. To have that kind of flexibility, position flexibility, that kind of ability to, to, to adapt, run it 50 times a game if you have to, or sling it 50 times a game if you have to, and be effective doing both. I think Joe Brady will aspire to that. Mick, I have to compliment you on the Opie Taylor call because as someone who was raised on the Andy Griffith show, that, was, that made my day right there. <laughs> greatest television show that's ever been produced by a wide margin. <laughs> now, I do have to ask you, with the absence of Luke Keekley uh, on defense, Mick, that's, that's a pretty big loss. How do you think the Panthers even begin to replace a guy that has his football IQ on defense and his leadership ability? Keekley. Ke- oh, yeah, I've heard of him. I remember now who you're <laughs> talking about. Um, 
that that guy yeah he's first of all i would just say that you don't you you just you just look you just look up you look down you look to the side and say okay he came he was among us he he left and and we're all the better for for knowing a man like Luke Kickley to say nothing of his exquisite uh, athletic talents just to the high quality person if you're lucky in a career you get to cover one or two like him and so you don't replace it you just you begin the equation with you you can't you can't replace him you just try to you just try to do move on and appreciate what he brought now that having been said um you know Shaq Thompson has been signed to hopefully fill some of that vacuum Luke Keekley himself very high on Shaq Thompson and what he could what he could do and the rest I think will be up to the coaching staff to try to figure out this defense Keekley did so much coaching on the field I mean there's hundreds of times in his career Carolina where uh Keekley's the offense is up to the line of scrimmage and Keekley's yelling out the play he's already got yeah. the play based on his study down distance personnel grouping time remaining on the clock and and so I just don't know where you go to find that that coach on the field but the Panthers are going to try maybe we can yeah. get AJ Klein back he, he'd be he's Luke Keekley light for those who do not know Unfortunately, A.J. Klein is, a, is another loss for the Saints in free agency. I was certainly sad to see him go, especially after he built a family here in New Orleans with uh, having, giving birth to a daughter and then adopting a son. So certainly sad to, to see A.J. Klein go. But obviously, Mick, the, the, the Panthers have gone through a lot of um, restructuring throughout the team this year. Do you think you see a shift in this Panthers team this year, or do you think it's going to take maybe two, three seasons? Oh, I don't think we're ordering any boxes of ticker tape for a Super Bowl parade <laughs> for uh, Matt Rule's first year. But I, I do think that it's, it, it's something that it, – it's the beginning of what Matt Rule calls a process, and he, he's, he's joked – He's made fun of himself even for the amount of times that he's used that word. But just look at what he did at Baylor, what he did at Temple. It wasn't what happy days are here again right away, but it it it, it started. It started uh, to to metastasize the the idea of winning, the idea of doing everything each coach, each player can possibly do. That rule can can walk into the room, Caroline, and he can win the room, he can win the press conference, but at his core. He's tough, and I think these players, not that Ron Rivera had easy practices. I mean, there were no pillow fights out there during the week, but I think Matt Rule's going to come in and exact the very, very best out of these men. You can say, oh, well, he's not coached in the NFL before, and he's not been an NFL head coach before, and sure, but he's in charge. He's a boss, and he's going he's gonna to put his fingerprints on this right away. Mick, we appreciate your time so much. Thank you for joining me for this little NFC South preview. And uh, enjoy the rest of your downtime, I guess that we can call it, your offseason. My pleasure when you see Streif and, and McAllister and them telling Mick said to say what's up, and we'll see you soon. All right, that'll do it for today's New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek for Friday, April 17th. We hope you all have a wonderful weekend. We will be back again on Monday with another edition of the New Orleans Saints podcast and then Wednesday, but we will not have an episode on Friday due to the NFL draft. Be sure to check out NewOrleansSaints.com and the Saints app for all of our coverage on the New Orleans Saints and, of course, the 2020 NFL draft. Have a good Friday, everyone, and have a safe weekend.